Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Bustar, and this week we head to Southern California and sit down with mixed martial arts fighter Joseph Badali, someone who wrestled in high school, met a great coach, and perfected his skills, and is now one of the top fighters in the state. Enjoy an inside look at what it means to have the heart and soul to fight as a professional. My name is Joseph Vidali. I'm a mixed martial arts fighter. I've been fighting for around three years now. Um, I'm currently ranked in California. Uh, I believe it's fifth in my weight class. I fight in the Bantamweight division, which is 135 pounds. Yeah, no, that's solid, man. Um, so okay, you're cool. fifth in the California for your weight class? Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude, that's rad. What? Uh, yeah. How'd you get there? Did you, let's go into the beginning of you, you said you wrestled in high school, right? And then you met your yeah. friend and you kind of connected with him and then got connected with a gym and then started diving into it. That's mm-hmm. sort of So yeah, so w- once I was there for like, I think it was like probably like two months, uh, I just basically asked my coach, like, hey man, I want to start competing in this now. Like, I don't want to, I obviously enjoy the training, but it's like, you don't want to kill yourself and then not get any rewards out of it. So eventually I was like, Hey man, I really would love to fight. And, uh, so he got my first amateur fight and that was in maybe like around three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. So, um, it was a crazy experience. You know, like I said, like going back to earlier, what I was saying, there's something that compares to it. So like, I didn't know what to expect at first just because it was, it was a new kind of territory for me. But, um, it was a great feeling and it was something that I'll never really forget as far as doing it for the first time in front of my friends and family. Like it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Do you want to walk um, us through that like first morning of your first fight and sort of what that was like for you? Yeah. So, yeah. So I had, uh, you go to weigh-ins, you weigh in and then you go eat your food after cutting weight and then kind of rehydrate. And then, uh, yeah, there's like a good like four hours of like dead time where you can either go home or like chill at a hotel or whatever. But I luckily my buddy, he lives like right by the freeway. So usually the venues that I fight at aren't super far from where he lives. Nice. And, um, so in those four hour gaps, I'll, I would come home, take a nap or something. And, uh, but yeah, I remember the first time it was, is weird because like you don't know you re- you're sitting in your room like I'm chilling by myself I like to be by myself for most of it mm. and I'm you know you have the thoughts of like okay in a couple hours like I'm gonna be doing what I've been training for this whole time like it's it's kind of a weird concept to think like okay in a couple hours I'm gonna be competing and someone's gonna be trying to knock me out you know yeah um so that that's kind of the craziest part I think about it just like just realizing like as time is slowly winding down because like. I think check-ins usually are like at four o'clock for fights. Mm. So there's a lot of time of waiting. And then, uh, when that time is finally up, it's like, all right, it's time to go back to the venue. And then once you're there at the venue, you usually wait like another two more hours. So it's actually a lot of waiting that goes on with it as well. Um, it's crazy, man. I, I can't even imagine what would be going through your head when you're waiting for something like that. I mean, I've never obviously competed in that sort of situation, but it's like, you're, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine you spend all this time practicing and just mm-hmm. dedicating yourself to this one event. And then 
the day of it, I'm assuming you can't like do more practice or exercise or tire yourself out. So it's sort of just Mm -hmm. hanging out and like mentally getting yourself prepared and putting your head in the right space. Yeah, no, definitely. Like that's uh, honestly, it goes even like further than that. It's like a week. So like the week before my fight, um, cause you don't want to keep breaking down your body, you know, like that's yeah. that week before the fight is when you kind of want to like, all right, let's recuperate and let's get nice and fresh for the fight. So that when the fight comes, you don't feel, you know, like shit, you're all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that whole week is actually leading up to the actual fight day, which is on Saturdays. It's a lot of waiting around or like you're cutting weight. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people can crumble too in that. Cause it's not the same. Um, it's easy to like turn your mind off when you're practicing. Cause you have to be present in that moment with that, you know, with what's going on around you. But mm-hmm. if that all of a sudden is on pause, it's that's when you start getting doubt and like all other things creep into your head. Like, Oh my God, what if this happens during the fight and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it causes you to really actually think about what's going to potentially happen in the fight. And that sometimes gets to people. Yeah. But how was your mental fortitude before you got into fighting? Were you a pretty like strong willed and person or has this like challenged you a lot? I would say definitely like uh, wrestling helped with that a lot. Like uh, wrestlers are, it's such a tough sport and uh, you know, you're constantly having to cut weight and you're, the thing is too, like fighting, you compete like around three to four, maybe even five times a year, but wrestling you're competing every Saturday every Saturday. So it's mm. like that for the whole season. So it's, that's, I think I can credit a lot of that to as far as mental toughness goes. I'm like, I used to do this for like three months, every weekend is what I would, I would wrestle. So like, it's right. still what's one day out of like a couple times out of the year, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like everybody's different for me. Like I, I was already pretty mentally strong. Like I had, luckily I have friends around me, like I play football with and whatnot mm-hmm. that we're all, we all just had a good heads on our shoulders, but there's definitely times where you just, you can't help but get in your head a little bit sometimes, you know, like you think like, Oh, maybe I should have done this differently in training or whatnot. But I think it's the guys that are the best are the ones that can p- completely shut it out and mm. just be present in that moment. How do you do that? And just, How does that look? Cause I think a lot of people, even if they don't, fight or anything like even for me Uh you know it's like I think of you know I was just listening to a podcast literally like right before this and the person who was being interviewed was talking about how throughout your day you're constantly faced with these different things that you are sort of like judging yourself you know you're like oh I'm not good Uh enough for this I'm bad at this blah 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 and it's like you have these things in your day-to-day life just for most people that go through their head now for you and for most people that I would imagine are in that same situation as what we're talking about it has to be amplified i'm sure because not only are you getting those personal things that you would have already you have these other added things for you know the fight and just like the physical and the mental aspects of it so yeah when you say completely turn it off and like become strong enough what how did you get to that level and what was the process like and you know how Mm -hmm. what are advice for people you know even outside of fighting to just mentally overcome I would say is like just taking pride in like your work. So like hmm. there's most of my fights, I'm like, uh, I tell myself, I'm like, okay, you work so hard. So it's not like you're out of shape. It's not like you're lacking technique. It's like there's confidence in the work that you put in basically, you know, like that can apply with anyone. Like you were saying, like if I'm, I don't know, running a business, I have a huge meeting coming up with potential people that want to get involved with this. If you're working hard and you're perfecting your craft, 
you should see confidence in that. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I wasn't doing anything, if I wasn't running, I wasn't dieting and I wasn't showing up to practice and then I had a fight coming up, like, yeah, you have every reason now to be doubting yourself because you didn't put in the work. It's, it's plain and simple as far as like that regard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, I think the biggest thing is just finding confidence in yourself because of how hard you work. Sure. Have you ever had any experiences? I'm sure you have, because I feel like this would happen, but you train really hard, do everything you possibly can to prepare for a fight and then just uh-huh. get destroyed or beat really bad or something, you know? And then you're like, wow, that was yeah. fucked up, you know? Like I put so much effort and time <laughs> into something and then all of a sudden you feel really defeated. Does that like play a role in the next time you prepare for a fight? Do you go, hey, I tried really hard and I still lost or whatever and then you might have a day yeah. where you don't try as hard and you win. Does that like, I don't know. I feel like that would play a weird little Yeah, game. you have... I get what you're saying. You have to have the approach of like every fight is different. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a, it's a, you gotta look at it as a clean slate. Like, um, I had something happen where, so like I was four and no for my first four fights. Nice. Yeah. And then I lost, uh, my fifth one and that fight, I, w- I should have won that fight. Like I had the guy hurt. I just wasn't being patient mm. and I made a little tactical error and it ended up costing me the fight. Yeah. Now, luckily I've never had a fight where I've, you know, just gotten like blitzed out, knocked out cold and just gotten worked. But you know, maybe that will happen someday. It's probably bound to happen with just how many people compete, you know? Sure. Um, but like I said, it's a clean slate every time and you can't let it like, uh, cloud your judgment as far as like, I know what got me to be undefeated for a, a while. And that was just simple hard work. You know, it's very easy to be like, Oh, I lost and I put in all that hard work. So it's just, what's the point, you know, like, hmm. but that's just everything in life though. You should, no matter what the outcome is still, you need to work hard. The chances are you're going to get lucky eventually, you know, like they say, like hard, hard workers are, you know, you're bound to get lucky eventually after doing so much. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say like, I struggled with, that probably so I had my first loss and then right after that I had another fight and now I went in that fight with like a torn hamstring so like I was injured probably shouldn't have been fighting mm-hmm. and then I, I ended up uh kind of I, mean, I think I got robbed by the judges but yeah. and a lot of people did like people booed in the crowd when the decision was was made but so like now I went from four and oh to two consecutive losses. Like that's, you can look at that and be like, man, that mentally probably is super draining for someone to go from like on top of the world right. to now like your two losses in a row. Yeah. And I could have looked at that and been like, you know what, dude, like I want to quit now. Like I don't feel the same anymore. I'm not, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Right. But I was like, no, screw that. Like I'm not done. I'm going to keep working hard regardless of the outcome of these fights. So then my next fight, I ended up winning a title in my weight class. Um, and I, that was the best I've ever actually performed. And a lot of people said that my coaches said that, um, everything was just kind of in sync. And how close were you to giving up before, after that second loss? It it, it never dawned, honestly, never dawned on me as far as like, um, I'm over this. Yeah. I think I just needed like a, a little break and then maybe to like reset a little bit, you know? Sure. Like, kind of gather as far as like, okay, maybe we need to change this up a little bit or maybe I need to start practicing this more as far as in my daily routine, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's sometimes like, 
losses sometimes are better for you in the long run because obviously you don't want to lose a lot. Like that's never the goal. Obviously you want to win, but it's also, it's very easy to like, Oh, I'm consistently winning now. So maybe I don't really need to change anything because whatever I'm, I'm doing is actually still working. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now that can co- sometimes stunt your growth though. Sure. Not only with fighting, but just everything in life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, sometimes the best thing that can happen to you is like, you don't get that job or you lose a fight because it causes you to evaluate where you stand right now and what things you need to work on and perfect. Sure. And also maybe like reassess the reasons why you got into it in the first place, right? Like, does it make you reflect on why you got into mixed martial arts and all that? Did Was it something that after those two losses, you're like, hey, this is the reason I got into it. These are my yeah. goals and aspirations and I need to like keep going with that, man. Like you're going to have roadblocks and stuff along the way. Was that sort of it? Like what were, I guess, I guess what are your motivations going into it in the first place? And what were some of your like goals that you had early on? Yeah, I think motivation too is I love proving people wrong. Mm. So like when I first started fighting, like, you know, it's a hard thing to tell, like it it didn't go well when I told my parents, like, yo, I'm going to start fighting. Sure. Yeah. And they're like, you crazy. Like you're going to try to earn money by, beating the crap out of people like that. It's just, you know, most parents and I get it too. Cause I would, I honestly would not want my kid to fight cause it's very hard in the body. Mm. Uh, me- mentally it's taxing and it, it's just, it's hard in general. It's, yeah. it's for different type of people and not, not everybody's supposed to be doing it. Um, so then when I got into it, um, a lot of my parents, both my parents were just like, Oh, well, I don't think it's a good idea. Like, uh, what if you get hurt? Blah, blah, you know, basically just parent stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I just love the idea of like, okay, like you don't think I'm going to do good at this. Like that's just anything too. Like I love just proving people wrong. Like, okay, like I'm going to show you that I can do it and I'm going to do very good at it. Actually, I'm going to excel at it. Mm. And you know, that's what happened too. I got undefeated and I was 4-0. And uh, then those two losses happened like we talked about earlier. But then also too, there's a lot of pressure too that comes with consistently being undefeated because in every fight you look at, you're like, oh man, like is, is this the one that I lose now? You yeah. know what I mean? Do you feel like more um, people are also like gunning to, I don't know, take that away from you? Or do you see jealousy and different things within that too? I mean, it's a competitive sport at the end of the day and you guys are literally yeah. fighting for like to be on top. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how did that look when you're, consistently winning and doing undefeated and um i don't know do you do you feel that energy when you go into a fight do you feel that other person really wanting the hunger to like take you down do you feel that at uh-huh. all uh yeah i mean i i assume that they're wanted just as bad as i do you have to assume that you're fighting like the best version of that person you can't mm-hmm. go into a fight assuming like oh you know, they're probably not, they're not that good. I've seen tape on them. You got to make sure you're fine. Cause I've had fights where I've won, but I definitely could have done a lot better because I was just like, Oh, this person, like I fought tougher people before. So like, maybe I should, I don't have to, you know, like push as much, but, um, that's, a, I mean, you see it at the highest level. Some guys just underestimate people and end up sometimes even losing or they don't perform to the like, best of their abilities. Sure. Um, but going back to what you're saying, as far as jealousy, I don't, wouldn't say jealousy because like there's a respect thing too like i've had even after like tough fights or whatever like 
after like I'm never gonna not shake a guy's hand unless obviously he's being like you know disrespectful to me or like my coaches. But yeah, there's a mutual respect that you have for those people because they're you know they're trying to chase a dream. They're putting it on the line just like you. They're, they, you know, they're busting their ass just like you. So, like, I have to respect people in that manner too. Like, okay, you're you're doing just as much as I'm doing. Maybe, you know, like I have respect for you in that regard of like working hard and and having the balls to even pursue this, let alone, you know. Um, but I wouldn't say like so. Everyone that I had fought to, everyone I fought was undefeated, just like me. So, like my first fight. I fought a guy who was one and zero. Second fight, guy was two and zero. Third fight, guy was three and zero. Fourth fight, guy was four and zero. And then even my fifth fight, the guy was five and zero. Or uh, I think yeah, I think it was five and zero. But I had fought the same level of competition, so it made it even better too. Like as far as like uh, winning afterwards, you know. Hmm. As far as like yeah, I, bought, I beat someone that was undefeated just like me. So. But. Right, and you went into it with sort of just like, do you not even really think about that, like? them being undefeated or whatever going into it? Or did you think about that when you were going into the fight? I definitely think, yeah, it, it definitely puts it on your radar. But at the same time too, like I love the idea of like facing the best competition because that can sometimes bring the best out of people too, you know, because like you realize like, all right, I really got to be on my game then if I'm finding someone, you know, that's the same level as me. Like you see them boxing a lot. Like uh, there's a lot of like padded records in boxing, like, Usually, like, their first 15 fights, they're fighting guys that have, like, losing records or whatever. But MMA is a lot different in that regard where it's, there is no such thing as, like, padding people's records. It's just, like, you're going to fight. And also, too, like, I, I set out to be the best at it. You know, like, I want to fight in the UFC. Hmm. And in the UFC, there's no easy fights. They're all, you know, the best in the world at the sport. So like, why wouldn't I not want to fight the best right now too, as well? Like it's only going to get me better. Right. And it's like, why, why would I fight people that aren't the same caliber as like athlete wise, you know, cause it's just, it's a waste and it's going to give you like false confidence. Mm. So when you actually do fight someone who is really good, then it's like, Oh shoot, maybe I am not cut out for this actually after all. Yeah. Versus me, if I'm just like my coach fed me to the wolves my first fight. Like he literally had me fight this guy who was like a three time state champion, hmm. um, three time CIF champion. So like I wrestled in high school, but I wasn't that high of my my accolades weren't that high as like as far as what his were. So like I was thinking like, dude, like really like this is my first fight. Like, but I at the end of the day, it's like my coach says like I'm gonna try and make. Not that he's going to try and make me lose, but he's like, I want you to fight the hardest competition you possibly can because it's going to bring out the best in you. Mm-hmm. And, and and it has, you know, like I credit to him for doing that. It's a little, at first, it, you know, it's a little scary because it can be a lot of times, but um, I like to rise up to the occasion and uh, it'll bring out the best in me regardless. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, speaking about the like US, UFC and where you want to end up, how... Uh-huh. How do you go about that? Like right now where you're at, I guess, would it be considered like amateur fighting or something? Or is it like, I don't know the tiers necessarily, but is it like the tier you're in and then you go like try out for the UFC or how does that work? So they have, yeah, there's different options is, I mean, as far as like routes you can do, or they have things that are called like the contender series where they have people Mm -hmm. on like a Friday night, like they have a normal fight card, but these people are fighting for contracts for the UFC. Oh, okay. So like usually the winners of that, like if the boss is impressed, 
of how you fought and whatnot, then they'll award you like a contract. Um, I mean, a lot of that right now too is, is on hold just with all this COVID stuff. So, right. um, it's, it's kind of hard right now. Like I was about to, I think it was, what fight was it? I was literally gonna fight. And then, um, I was going to drop down a weight class to try and win another title and then turn, turn pro. And then, hmm. um, all this COVID stuff happened and kind of just put a halt on it. Right. But, um, but it's still yeah, there, there's right? Like options. you can still do that eventually. Yeah, eventually, but it, it's hard right now just cause like with everything going on, you know, like there's no crowds or uh, yeah. a lot of, prom- a lot of promoters are like, that's the difference between like the UFC and like local shows is like UFC has so much money where they can still, you know, afford to have uh, events without crowds in it. Cause they have like the pay-per-view sales and, and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. They had a um, fight, right? Like during this whole COVID yeah. thing, there wasn't there one a couple of weeks ago. They, they've had a couple actually. So oh, okay. wow. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's easier in that regard for them to still have fights, but um, it makes it harder for like the local shows because like they rely on like on ticket sales, like from the audience to like pay for the doctors or pay for the venues or like the refs and judges. Right. So it's a little different in that regard, but, um, and I'm, I'm hoping, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what anytime soon if it's going to happen, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it does cause I, I'm, I'm itching to get back in there, but um, who knows, man, time will tell, but yeah. So you would, um, you said essentially have like one more fight and then another fight to turn pro. Would it be like, uh, you win, you become a part of the UFC and get a contract and you lose, you try again. Is that how that works? So like, yeah. So in the beginning, like it depends on a lot of it is like your record and like, cause the UFC is not going to sign people that have like horrible records. That's, you know, that's not, what they're going to do, then it's not a smart business idea actually either too. Yeah. So does like, your record carry over when you go to the UFC? No. So it, over, right? it'll, it'll reset. Like when I turn pro, yeah, it will uh, actually reset. And it's like a fresh new start. That's why I think my coaches were having, you know, high, high competition and whatnot in the beginning, because it's like, you want to get those experiences and those lessons in the beginning. Yeah. Versus like one year pro. And then that's like, that record is it's stuck with you now. And that's right. what the guys in the UFC are going to see. So, um, but no, like, so like if I were to have my pro record, like the way it was right now, I could potentially could get signed by the UFC. It just depends as like, as far as like, they like the way I fight. Am I exciting? Cause some, you know, some fighters, they're not, uh, they don't draw the crowd as much. Like, and I think that's definitely things sometimes with the, cause I'm a, you know, I'm a smaller guy. I fight in the 130 pound, 35 pound weight class. So everyone wants to usually see, see like heavyweights, you know, go at it cause they're huge and they're knocking people out left and right, you know? Um, so it's a little different. It depends on what they're looking for as well too. But yeah, like if you get a good, like five and O, uh, pro record, the UFC's nowadays will, will sign you like as, as quickly as that. So yeah, it just depends. A lot of it's just being at the right place at the right time. Look, I mean, Honestly, a little bit of luck too sometimes. But. Sure. You know, what's interesting is you said you're a little bit of, like a smaller dude or whatever, but I feel like when I think of UFC, huh. I think of, you know, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters who are relatively smaller, you know, and then like even Conor McGregor, who's, you know, yeah. quote unquote, the best person ever or whatever. I don't know a hundred percent. I just know he's super controversial and 
He's like the <laughs> Mike Tyson of modern day, whatever. But he like isn't that big of a dude either. Like he's like five eight or whatever. So it's like I don't yeah. like I don't know. Does it? Do you need to be like a Brock Lesnar? Because I feel like you see less of that now, and you see more like smaller, super fit, athletic people you mm-hmm. know, fighting. Oh yeah, I mean there's there's weight classes. So like they have, I'll give you an example. Like the smallest weight class in the UFC actually is 115 pounds, and that's for the women. Mm. So you think about it, that that's a pretty small woman. That's like someone maybe who's like five two at the tallest, probably. Yeah. Most of them are like five foot. So and then the biggest weight class goes upwards to 265 pounds. Right. And those guys are monsters. Yeah. So um, everybody's different. Like, obviously, like you said, like most people think of UFC and they think of like these big burly guys that are trying to, you know, going at it and knock each other out. But, um, there's all different types of weight classes and that's, what's cool about the sport too, though. Cause if I had to fight those guys. I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you say like the, they're looking for like talent for someone who's exciting and a good fighter or whatever, do you feel like if you're like a bigger dude, you have a better chance of getting into those and kind of appealing to the people who make the decisions and you have to try harder if you're, you know, in your weight class, for example, like 135 pounds or whatever, is it harder to, I guess, be noticed? Yeah, I would definitely say that's definitely a thing. Like you can even see it nowadays, like uh, a lot more heavyweights are going to be like headlining cards or like higher weight classes are going to headline cards because that's just, usually just a bigger draw. Now, luckily in the UFC recently, the my weight class, like it, it's actually pretty stacked now. And there's a lot of actually like really good potential contenders. And, and it's probably the most stacked it's been in, in a very long time. So, but sometimes that happens. Sometimes a weight class can get kind of stale. It could be due to a, to a champion that's been champ for a very long time. And he just, you know, like wiped out the division. Yeah. And, um, and it makes it stale. Like that happens from time to time or someone just recently wins the belt. And then now he's got all these newcomers that potentially could fight against in their new matchups now. So it, it, it just, a lot of it depends on the champ too. Like um, the champ that was 125 pounds, he had won like, I think it was like eight or nine consecutive title defenses, which is a record in the UFC. Hmm. But he almost was like too good for his own good, if that makes sense. Cause like he was beating people so dominantly and like left and right that people almost didn't watch him because it wasn't exciting anymore. Wow. Because who was that? You know what I mean? Like people want to see like a back and forth kind of fight usually. Yeah. And it makes it exciting, but he was so good that like he wasn't getting a lot of draws in his fights because of that reason of like, Oh, we already know this guy's going to win. He's beat the past seven people and he's doing it so dominantly. So hmm. is he still fighting? He is, but he actually is fighting for a different organization now. So okay. he's, yeah, he's not, he's not fighting for the UFC anymore, but. And then, yeah. um, like talking on UFC and probably like the question that you were probably, you know, expecting me to ask would be just like, I don't know, people like Conor McGregor that essentially, you know, propelled the sport in a way where it's become just so, I think, you know, the viewership and everything has gone up because of how controversial he is and the antics and uh-huh. stuff that he puts into it. How do you uh-huh. view that as someone who potentially is going to go into that, someone who, you know, loves the sport and the organization yeah. and has like a really deep respect for it? Do you view 
someone like Hunter McGregor as a positive thing for the sport or a negative thing for the sport? Uh-huh. Um, you know, I would say, I've had to say it's probably like 50, 50 because mm-hmm. he is also, people have to realize like the antics that he does, it's for show. It's not always like him being really who he is. I'm sure a little bit that is him and that's just him as an athlete being competitive and whatnot. Um, but a little bit of that is for show because you have to sell the fight. Now, if I, let's say I'm, I have a fight coming up and I'm completely trash talking this guy saying horrible things about him, blah, blah, blah. People are like, they're going to want to tune in. Cause they're going to be like, Oh my God, is this guy going to like, what he's saying? Is he actually going to back it up? You know what I mean? It draws more people into it and intrigues them as far as like, I want to see the outcome now because of what he's saying. And you can see that with all of his fights, like he has the number one sales in the pay-per-views for UFC events because of he's such a big draw. People are intrigued by his actions and what he says. And that, sometimes people play a bad character too. It's like, even if you're a good guy or a bad guy, even if you're a bad guy, people are going to want to in because they want to see you lose. So like, you're still a draw that way, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. It's just a matter. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, do you want to people see you though in that kind of persona or in that regard, you know? Yeah. That's the thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't think I would ever want, obviously you have to say your piece and, and sell the fight but I don't think I would have sell it in that regard where I'm like, I don't say compromising my character, but like, I don't want people to view or kids to think, Oh, I don't know. talks like that. So like, I should talk like that too to people. Like they have to realize that it's, it's a lot of this for show too. And he's not actually, that's not actually him, you know? Right. That's interesting. Do you feel like, I don't know. What if you were presented with a situation where they asked you to, act a certain way or say certain things that you didn't necessarily like believe in, in order to Uh promote the UFC and promote your fight and get more money, you know, would you like do it? Or what would be your mindset going into something like that? You know, like everything's different when you bring money into it, you know, like, um, but I would have to, I would have to say no, because like my parents raised me better than that. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, I don't, I wouldn't want to disappoint my parents, my friends, you know, like I don't want them to be like, Oh, he's a sellout. Like look what he did. Cause he wanted more money. Like yeah. money's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, like everyone needs money in this world, but money is, I think the biggest like lie in the world as far as people think it's going to bring you happiness. Cause it's not. So obviously like I would want to set myself up financially for, you know, future wife, future kids and, and whatever. But, I don't need to be making millions and millions of dollars because at the end of the day, like that's not where I'm going to find my happiness. My happiness I'm going to find from uh, my family, uh, my kids, my wife, uh, and making memories with like what, uh, with my loved ones. You know, that's what is really important in this world and not money. So I would, I would just tell them like, look, this is how I am. And if you don't like it, then it is what it is. Now, if I'm in a position where, they want you to fight, then you have a little bit of like room to negotiate and be like, look, I understand you want me to fight, but I'm not going to compromise who I am just to sell a little more pay-per-views, you know? Yeah, totally. No, a hundred percent. I think that's interesting. I like, um, I don't know. Something that you said there was you don't want to disappoint your parents. And then uh-huh. some, one of the reasons like when you got into it, your parents were also, like not super stoked on you doing it, but I'm assuming now they're like supportive and loving and caring and all that for you. And do you see like, 
I don't know. Do they do they play a big role in your like what you think about before you get ready for a fight? And do they uh-huh. are they always like on your shoulder almost to like you know be sort of like a guardian angel for you? Yeah, no, I would definitely say that's more so like how my mom is because my mom, my dad's still kind of against it, honestly. Like he, he'd rather be doing something else. And I, I understand like, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't want my kids to do this either. But at the end of the day, he knows how I am. And so does my mom. Like if I'm set on something, um, I'm going to do it. I don't care what people say. I don't care what they think. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. So like my mom knows that. So she's more in the supportive role as far as like, Obviously, I'd want you doing something else, but you are who you are and you're going to do it regardless. So, like, I'm going to show my support because I'm going to be there for you because I know you're going to do it anyway, kind of, you know? Yeah. So, her biggest thing is, like, when I would come home, when I when I did live there, she would be like, you know, I was practice. Like, are you training hard? Because she views me as, like, training hard so that I don't uh, potentially lose or I don't potentially get hurt in a fight. Because if you don't prepare for a fight, then, yeah, those things very well could happen. You know, I could seriously get hurt. Yeah. I'm not properly prepared. So that's how she looked at it as far as like, I just want you to be properly prepared so that you're, you come out of there safe and can perform to the best of your ability. So like, she's like, I don't want to see you get hurt, obviously, even though that could really happen, you know? Yeah. Has, um, I don't know, has, uh, fighting sort of been something that you said you started doing wrestling in high school and then sort of kind of just dove right into this. And from my perspective and, sort of some other people that I've talked to that are, I don't know, like, you know, making this more than just a sport, it's a lifestyle, which sounds yeah. really cliche, but that's like, it is what it is, you know, like, does that, yeah. have you felt like you're some experiences in life you didn't get to experience the same way as other kids because you were so fully invested in the sport? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like sacrifices that you have to make. Like I've missed birthdays. I've missed, family gatherings. I've missed, you know, a lot of things that I wish I could go to, but, um, it's, it comes back to a matter of like, how, how bad do you really want that? Yeah. You know, like, do you really want to win or do you really want to succeed in this? And you have to make sacrifices though, but you can also apply that to like anything in life. Like if you're starting your own business, it's like one of the hardest things to do, right? Like there's a lot of hours into it and you have to sacrifice certain things to make, succeed in certain other aspects of your life. Now I'm not saying go completely crazy and just like shun people out because yeah. life is about, is about balance, you know? Um, but, uh, th- like this whole coronavirus thing has really put things in perspective too, as far as like, I think I definitely kind of got off track as far as maybe I was investing too much into fighting hmm. as far as like, um, Fighting is what I do. It's not who I am. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, um, I get that hundred percent. Yeah. So like, I, it, it's put things in perspective as far as like, um, what I do, I love it and I still love it to this day. And I just love competing, but at the end of the day, it actually really doesn't matter. You know, it's crazy to say that cause it's like, well, you think you sacrifice so much of your time or whatever, but when I retire and I'm done fighting, life is going to go on. You know, those people mm-hmm. aren't going to like think about me once I retire. It's just, it is what it is. It's, it's, it happens to even the best of them. Like sure. They'll look back and be like, Oh, I remember when this guy fought, like he was so great, blah, blah, blah. But there's going to be the next big thing that comes around the next big fighter, you know, like life is going to continue without you. So you can't look at it that way. And, and 
when guys retire, I feel like they lose their identity because they're like fighting is who I was. And it's like, no, that's not who you were. You know, you need to find foundations. Like I said earlier, like with your loved ones, your family, that is the stuff at the end of the day that like truly matters. And especially here on earth, like I think the biggest thing too, is like, who are you impacting to as far as like with what you're doing? Yeah. Like I could, you know, fight and do great things in UFC, but at the end of the day, if I'm not changing people's lives or like being a positive influence, then it's, it's an ego thing. And it just goes back to me like, Oh, I'm just doing this all for me. And it's, you know, it's self-fulfillment. And I don't think that's a good thing at all. Yeah. Cause you're going to be chasing something that's, it's never anything. Cause like you keep winning and you're like, Oh, I want this now. I want this now. I want this. That's just like worldly things in general, you know, like you're never going to be satisfied by those things. So yeah. obviously you work hard and you want to obtain those things and it's good to have goals. Like that's great. Like that's how life should be though. You need goals in life and aspirations. And, uh, but I think everything's just balanced, man. You have a little bit of balance. Yeah. Speaking of balance, do you, are you currently like full time fighting UFC or do you have like a job on the side that you also do while you're uh, doing it? Yeah. I also work for my, my family business luckily. So it's, it's super convenient as far as scheduling goes and, uh, being able to adjust as far as like my training with work. So it's very flexible and, uh, it's very convenient having that. Um, but most people like, uh, they have to do that till they make it to the UFC just because, you know, getting paid on local shows doesn't pay as highly as like boxing does. MMA is usually you get paid a little less. So. Got it. How has that been? How's balancing like having a job and like, you know, supporting and paying your bills and all that. And then at the same time, you know, being like fully invested in fighting and having that be something um, uh-huh. like how many days a week do you train? And then how many days a week do you work? And like, do you have days off that you can just like relax yeah. and do nothing? Yeah. So like I, my coach is very um, strict as far as like not missing practice. And, and I respect him for that because that's only going to bring out the best in me and like my teammates. So like I'm training five days a week. Uh, when I have a fight coming up, I'm training two to three times a day. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it is intense, but it's like, why would you want to half-ass something though? If you're really serious about about it, um, I don't want to. I don't want to look back on my life thinking like, oh, dude, maybe you could have done so much better in the sport yeah. if you just maybe put in a little bit more effort. So, um, that's something that I refuse to do. Is like back in my life and think like, what if? You know, like that's the worst thing ever that you can possibly do to yourself saying, Oh, what if shoulda, coulda, woulda. So it's, he's very strict as far as like, obviously I, there's circumstances where I can miss like some things happen or whatever. He's, he's understanding, but I have to let him know like, Hey, I'm not going to come into day of practice because I have to deal with this or whatever, or uh, I'm working later today than usual. So, um, but I owe a lot of that to him because of him being so strict with me, it's also allowed me to progress in the sport super fast because I got kind of got a late start in fighting. Like there's kids that guys that have fought since they're, you know, 15 or 16, 17, even 18 year olds that it's, you know, they started in MMA. I didn't start till I was, I think 20, 23. So I had a really late start, mm. 
but I was able to kind of close that gap with guys that have been fighting for so long because my coach was so strict as far as like, you need to be training, you need to be training, you need to be dieting, you need to be doing this, you know? Yeah. How does that relationship look like? How quickly did you build the trust to like, you know, I assume that has to be an extremely, extremely tight relationship between you guys. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very close. Like I, I have so much respect for him because he is one of the hardest workers I know. And, um, I think the biggest thing is like, he gives you what you put in and I'm the same way if like, not only just stuff like that, but like friendships or whatever, like I'm not going to give you hundred percent of me unless you're giving a hundred percent back. Right. So with me going to practice, consistently working out, like you'll get, uh, he'll sacrifice anything for you. Like he's come on days where it's his kid's birthdays to like work out with me or like there's days that he, his kids are not in school or like it's a holiday and like he will sacrifice stuff like that because he knows I'm willing to sacrifice it as well. So like, how can you not like love a coach like that? You know what I mean? Like he's got your back, but as long as you're going to be putting in as much as he is too. And I respect that so much. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, I mean, that's really, really, really good. I think, um, all right, man, I, I like think back on what we were talking about in the beginning and now that I know more about you and, you know, the listeners know more about you, I'm still stuck on that, like four hours before a fight and just like, what is going through your head? And it's like, now uh-huh. I have more stuff that like, I would think that I would be thinking about, you know, you got your mom and dad, yeah. you have, you know, the person that you're fighting, the record that you have, your aspirations to go pro, your uh, love and respect uh-huh. for your coach. And just like, dude, that for me just seems like. Uh, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of people that you could potentially could let down a lot of people that you yeah. potentially can, uh, yeah. like make really, really happy, you know? And it's just that like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I have anything like that in my life where I do something and like nine people or whatever, you know, are going to have yeah. an effect by what I do, which seems uh-huh. just insane to me. I don't know. Yeah. You can look, yeah. You, you can look at two different ways. You can look at it like, Oh my God, there's so much pressure about this or like they, you know, the saying that pressure or diamonds are made under pressure. Like mm. you either choose to crumble or you choose to like kind of rise up to the occasion and go with it. You know? Yeah. Um, like for me, I want to win. Like, cause like you said, like my coach, like he's put in so much work for me. Like I want to win not only for myself, but I want to win just as badly for him because I don't want to go in there and then lose. And then all that hard work, he's like, Oh man, like me and Joseph put in all this work. And then he went out there and lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like you can, you can either use pressure like that as a negative way, or you can also use it in a positive way as far as like, yeah, you know what? I want to let my coach know that all that work that he put in was worth it. And that we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing great things together. So you can either choose to be like, oh crap, like all these people are here. I don't want to let them down. Or you can look at it a positive way as far as just like, yeah, you know what? I put in the work with him. I've, I've worked my ass off. Now it's time to go out there, have some fun. And then afterwards I'm going to go celebrate with them. You know, like there's two ways you can look at it too. Yeah. No, that's good. What, um, I guess like what are your like plans going forward for the rest of the year with, uh, I mean like COVID uh-huh. and, fighting and I mean I found out about you because Ariel posted something about you 
starting like classes and stuff. So what's that looking mm-hmm. like? What's the rest of the year and sort of your future plans? Yeah. So right now, I mean, like, like, uh, like we said earlier, like fighting competition wise is kind of put on pause. Um, but it's also been a good thing as far as like take a step back and kind of reset the batteries a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like training goes, I'm still training usually every day. Um, I'm not training two to three times a day because there's no need to, you know, tax your body like that when there's no actual fight. Yeah. So, um, it's been good for my body too to like kind of recuperate cause I've had a lot of injuries too that I just, cause I've been fighting so much that I just would go, go, go rather than like, all right, maybe I need a little bit of a break right now just to kind of address these problems. But it's been nice in that regard too, as far as like healing up injuries and getting my body back to a hundred percent. So when I do have a fight coming up or when I go back to training as hard that, uh, we're all good to go. You know, there's no having to stop and rehab and whatnot. Yeah. And then for, as far as the personal training goes, it was kind of just an idea. Like I actually just started training, uh, one of my best friends, his wife in their garage over here in Newport. And that's actually what I was doing earlier. And, um, she told me, she's like, you know, like, it's like, you're good at this. Like, why don't you try maybe getting up a clientele? And like, so I've been trying to do that. I will be like, maybe just earn some side cash, you know, gyms are closed right now. Yeah. And, um, people use, you know, working out as far as to help them with their health or sometimes even people use it more for their mental state as far as like, they just need that outlet. Um, so I figured I'm like, why not? I feel like it'd be a good opportunity. Like, everything's closed right now. So maybe I can offer some type of service to help people out and then maybe make some side cash on the way as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nice, man. Well, we're about towards the end of the interview. Do you want to give like, I don't know, how can people reach out and connect with you and sort of like find your work and what you're doing and uh, just some like last words for the listeners? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is actually my first name, Joseph, and then underscore is my last name, Badali. It's spelled B-A-D-A-L-I. So I post stuff on there as far as like my fight journey and whatnot. Um, I'll probably be posting some personal training stuff. So if anyone is interested in that as well, they can tune in on that and free to message me if they want and book them up some personal training. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for sitting down with me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. To check out Joseph's stuff and what he's got going on, head to Instagram, follow him at Joseph underscore Badali, B-A-D-A-L-I. You can follow us at The Double Life Pod. Make sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Adios. Adios.